Hi, Danny Prenovo here, application specialist for Tormont Cat. I've been with Tormont for about 15 years and I'm gonna welcome uh, my colleague, Brian Davis. Hey, how's it going everybody? Brian Davis here, Construction Solutions Manager at Tormont Cat. I've uh, been with Tormont for a little over 13 years. I've worked with my buddy Danny here for a couple of years now. And just like him, yeah, I'm stuck at home. <laughs> Remember, they said stay home for two weeks. That was well over a year ago. But anyways, there's light at the end of the tunnel and I'm happy to be here, Danny. <laughs> Let's talk about some small excavators today. Welcome to the Building Tomorrow podcast, where we dig deep into the Eastern Canada construction industry. With Tormont Cat specialists, we discuss heavy equipment, industry trends, and challenges affecting your business. Good, good. Brian, so today uh, I guess we're going to be talking about a pretty in interesting subject, small X. Yeah, in our world, in Caterpillar's world, the small excavators is anything from a 13 ton to a 19 ton. And you'd think 19 tons, that's that's small. But in our world, that is small. But uh, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. All right, good, good. Cat, uh, I think, just redo their, their lineup from the, the small X, right? Yeah, it's a pretty exciting time right now at, at Caterpillar. Uh, and uh, they've currently uh, have put to market six models and then we also have a 13 15 and 17 ton GC machine and the GC is very similar to the 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 mainline machine it just does not have all of that technology so it's more of a plain digging machine okay so if I'm hearing right in in fact it depends on what customer is doing with the equipment so yeah exactly um, you know you've got customers yeah. who want the latest and greatest those are the guys that are out there buying Teslas or they're out there buying you know the the f-150 with every every toy and gadget on it that they can buy you know and then there's the other customers they just want to dig a hole that's where the GCs come into play. When I think small X, uh, in terms of application, what, what's what's the first thing that come in, in your mind? Great like? question. Um, and that's the beauty of the small excavators. They've come a long way. You know, a few <laughs> years back, they were okay, but they've they've put a lot of effort into the development of the small excavator size class, and they've upped the game on them big time. These things are Swiss Army knives. Yeah. Customers use them literally for everything landscapers that are using them to place you know yeah. rock walls and different things like that digging pools sewer water guys will use them in in tight spaces in downtown settings where you know real estate's very very yeah. uh, tight and you gotta you know get in and out of tight areas these things are they're really good for that and you yep. can get them with blades on them you can run any kind of work tool on the front that you want you can run hammers thumbs tilt buckets roto tilts i mean you name it these things will do anything they're they're pretty awesome i think the last time we spoke you were uh, telling me a story like you oh, saw yeah. a small excavator went to like a home. yeah this is going back a few years and there was a, a contractor and they were doing a, a big vertical shaft on a job site and the only way yeah. they could do this was with a was to do this vertical shaft so they dug everything out that as deep as they could with a with a big excavator yeah. and then they got to the point where they needed something down in that shaft to dig so they actually lowered i think it was a it was about a 12 or 13 ton machine and they lowered it down in there with a crane and it would dig and dig and dig and then they would they would pull the material out with this crane yep. and it went down 30 meters and when it was at the bottom of the shaft at 30 meters deep and you're standing at the top looking down, it, it looked like a little wee model down there. <laughs> it was hilarious, yeah. you know, and, and 
you, you think, how in the heck would you ever do this without that small excavator? It was a really yeah, neat project. It's one in a lifetime you saw things like that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of funny things, and that was one that was definitely interesting. When you see a, a crane lift up a small excavator and then stick it in a <laughs> hole, two weeks later, reach down and pull it back up out of the hole, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, Brian, I wanted to ask you, you said that in your, in your life before Tormont, you used to be a, a hurt moving contractor. So when do we rent or when do we buy? Oh, wow. It's pretty situational and it, it is based on what the customer is doing. Um, we do have these small excavators in the rental fleet, obviously. I would say if you're, if you're a contractor that's putting 200 to 300 hours a year or less, like something like that, yeah. you probably don't want to own one. If it's not your main line machine, it's probably something that you'd look at for renting short term thing. Yep. I know in my business, like we had much bigger excavators, but there was the odd time you got into something where it was a little bit specialized and being able to rent a small excavator for that job would be awesome. Yeah. If it's going to be your main machine, your main line, you're going to put a lot of hours on it, then you're going to want to own it because that's way more economical than renting. And uh, like you always find some jobs to take it, right? It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's the beauty of them, Danny, this, the versatility of the small excavator. You know, they're so easy to move around. Yeah. You're under 20 tons. So most tag trailers behind a dump truck can haul them. You know, yep. most most configurations are about eight foot six. So no special permits. You can throw it on a tag trailer. You can yeah. equip them with rubber uh, rubber pads and, and okay. uh, you can put them anywhere. You can drive them off the trailer right onto a street, drive them across the sidewalk. They're not going to hurt anything. And that's, the, that's where they become really versatile. They yep. can go anywhere. Whereas a larger track machine... It's very hard to do. Uh, if we have a 317 with technology, with the 2-3 get rate and everything, Yep. Do you think it can uh, be more productive than a 20 ton without technology? Absolutely. It could be in the right situation, Danny. That's a great point. If you don't need the 20 ton machine for the lifting capability, footings, uh, you're digging basements and you want to get to grade, a 317 with the 2D grade system and a payload system versus a, a 20 ton machine without any of that stuff, yeah, yeah the operator is going to get to grade faster. They're going to be yep. more accurate. They can, you know, absolutely. There's a, there's yep. a huge advantage. Yeah, I'm pretty curious. We should try it on uh, one time and do the test. I get to run the one with the grade control though. You have to run the other machine. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since they, they brought yeah. all that technology on the new lineup, I'm wondering where, where the industry is going. I look back five years ago and uh, it's crazy the advancement. It really is. You know, I, I look back on my career too and, and, and you know, when I started out running equipment, I mean, the stuff that we ran compared to what yeah. operators are, are sitting in today, yeah. I mean, wow, the difference is huge, right? And so you look at the excavators now and, and one of the big advantages of our new next generation machines is we've gotten rid of the pilot controls. Yeah. We don't longer have any pilot lines running into the cab. So, There's, you know, so no hot oil. So that means the joystick are uh, ele electro-hydraulic, right? Ele right? Yeah, electro-hydraulic fly-by-wire. It's like you're flying a jet airplane, right? And yep. so the beauty of that is now you're being, you're controlling things through electronics. Like remote control? Li yeah, line of sight remote control and uh, non-line of sight remote control. I'll tell you, it's a, it's an interesting thing trying to dig a hole when you can't really see what you're doing and you're doing it via remote <laughs> control. 
But final step beyond that will be full autonomy someday where they yeah. just you just tell the machine what to do and it goes and digs a pretty hole. Pretty crazy. <laughs> it is pretty crazy because then you start thinking of the Terminator movies and you think when's the excavator going to go wild driving through downtown Montreal, right? You know. Yeah, like yeah. So obviously, I mean, you know, we joke there's a long way to go, but they, yeah. they've already come a long way. There's autonomous mining fleets out there right now and the yeah. underground mining space, they're really pushing on the autonomy yep. stuff. You save putting personnel down a mine shaft, you can keep them on the surface and run machines that are a kilometer and a half below the surface. Yep. So now bringing that into the general construction where we, where we are, uh, it's, it's not that far away. After they put it, they like in the, the mining and bigger machine, it always comes down through the construction equipment after. Yeah, the mining guys always have the big budgets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, the small X market, where it is today versus where it was 10 years ago? That's a great question, Daniel. I mean, it has changed quite a bit in the last 10 years. And, and yeah. uh, 10 years ago, You know, I don't think you would have seen as many large contractors owning small excavators. And the small yeah. excavators, they've, they've put so much um, development into them in the last while. You know, I, I look at the 15-ton machine that we have with the reduced radius. I mean, that thing almost sits inside of itself with that reduced radius tail swing. And, and you know, when you're working against live lanes of traffic and you're in really tight spots, yep. that's where, you know, these things have really come along and, and they've added things to them like blades. Like, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't very common to have a blade on an excavator. They didn't have blades 10 years ago? Yeah, there was a few here and there, but not as much, not like it is today. And, and you know, the, just the capabilities, they, they lift yep. more now. They're more powerful. They're faster. They dig deeper. They dig more. Yep. They, they weren't like that performing 10 years ago, uh, the, the small no. No, not like they are now. Yeah. And they're becoming more mainline. Whereas before it was a it was a necessary evil maybe to own a yeah. a 10 or, or 12 or 15 ton machine because you had to do a few jobs a year with it. Now, yeah. for a lot of customers, it's a must have. You have to have these things. You have and, to and have They it. run them a lot. Now, um, most of the contractor have them, but like on term of a financial, it, it's a pretty uh, affordable machine. From too, a financial like. standpoint for a customer, um, you know, obviously any piece of equipment is a big investment. Yeah. And you, and you want to look at it in terms of, you know, bang for your buck, if you will. For not a huge, huge, huge amount of money, you're getting a heck of a lot of capability. You're getting a, a machine yep. that can do a lot of stuff like you know like i said it's a swiss army knife yeah the other side of the financial side of it danny like we're we talk about the price of it what about you know owning and operating and and that's yep. where they've really made a big benefit too you know the owning and operating costs in these things are a lot less than they used to be yeah so getting rid of the pilot system the pilot valve and 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 filters and all those lines you got about 30 less hydraulic oil in this machine yep. not only you know do you get a capable machine but you get one that's that costs pennies on the dollar to maintain i'm pretty sure when you're talking about that the fuel is a is a main factor in that too and that's another huge thing absolutely the fuel efficiency in these new machines these tier four final machines is yep. amazing so if you're doing something that's not all that taxing on the machine light grading work or just lifting a little bit of pipe here and there you can put it on eco mode okay you know, and the eco mode's going to burn 10 less fuel okay it's a small excavator it doesn't burn a huge amount of fuel in a day but hey but yeah. if at the end of the year somebody handed me a check for two or three thousand dollars and yeah. said 
I don't think I would say no to that. Yeah. You, I don't know. You're a pretty big star, so you may say no to that. <laughs> and, you know, and you have like two, three pieces of equipment. Absolutely. And it, it's it's good for the environment. And sometimes they got to go real cheap to get stuff, you know. And yep. so if you can save on fuel. It might win you a contract or two that you sure. wouldn't have before. You know, you add in the benefits of the technology. You can do the work faster and you can do it and burn less fuel at the same time. It's a win-win. Can you uh, take me like around a couple of work tools we can put on? Them? Honestly, I don't know of anything you can't put on one of these machines <laughs> if you've got auxiliary hydraulics, but some of the coolest things that we see, I mean, obviously, you know, you see hammers are fun and thumbs and different things like that, tilt buckets. Yeah. One of the coolest things that's come out in the last few years and it's gaining a lot more popularity are those rototilt. Rototilt. Rototilt allows you to rotate the bucket 360 degrees. Okay. It also allows you to tilt it. It's a coupler and bucket system, so you can put multiple buckets on. You watch a, an operator that's got some skill with a rototilt, and you let them loose with one of these machines, and it's incredible what they can do. It's like an artist with a, you know, with a canvas and a and a, and a set of paintbrushes. Yep. It's it's insane what some of these guys are able to do. I look at when I started, I mean, we didn't even have quick couplers. We just had a bucket. You know, you, if you missed it, you had a bunch of laborers there to shovel it in by hand. Not anymore, man. These guys can get into the coolest places with these rototilts. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. You're placing like uh, armor stone or you've got a backfill in behind a, a wall. You're situated with the excavator. You reach out with the bucket. Yeah. You can spin it 90 degrees, dump the material in, grade it off. It's unbelievable when, when a, a person is really good at a rototilt, what they can do with and, it. And uh, I was wondering, Uh, in the monitor, is it possible to adjust the workflow? Yeah, uh, our tool control system on uh, on all of our excavators, actually, our auxiliary tool controls, uh, except for a couple of the larger GC models, but on the small excavators that we're talking about today, the tool control system allows you to select up to 20 different work tools. Yeah. In the monitor, you can adjust it okay. because obviously a hammer needs full flow, bang, bang, bang all the day long. A thumb needs two-way flow and you don't want it to be really, really strong because you don't want to crush stuff, right? And yep. So all different tools require different flows. And the beauty of our system is from the seat in the monitor, you can make all those adjustments. Good. Even you can do it, Danny. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking that I'd like to see you running one of these things. Oh, and, yeah. You know, what, what do you think? You think you could handle a, a next-gen machine, a 315 yeah, I think with great control? Yeah, if it's a next-gen machine, I, I, I could be pretty good at it with the, the 2D and uh, everything. Yeah. Maybe not like a pro, but it would help me a lot i'm not, i'm sure i'll about tell it. you i it, it it is incredible what it can do to an operator and you know the technology that's on them you take a a, a very good operator that's got a yeah. lot of hours in the seat very seasoned it's making them you know that much more efficient yep. is it going to make them any better yep. you know that's like saying can you make Sidney crosby better can you make Connor mcdavid better you know i mean they're already at the top of their game how yeah, much but better if you put fire behind their skates maybe. maybe then they get better exactly but what i can tell you is you take the guy off the fourth line and you put him in this excavator he can get on the first line that's the difference it's, it's someone who maybe has the knowledge of how to move the material but yep. isn't quite as seasoned and keeping grade or you know that's where <laughs> yeah. the technology can help them out immensely or maybe like a new operator that just come out of school it can bring him to another another level pretty fast exactly and, and it's going to be able to do things where you know they're not going to be able to, to to dig below grade so they're not going to create a situation where you have to backfill and waste money waste time 
Uh, you can put on cab avoidance. Okay. If you have a, a big tilt bucket or a rotor tilt bucket or something on that machine, you can reach the cab with that with that work tool. <laughs> yeah. And you put cab avoidance on and it stops the tool from hitting the cab. So you're not going to break the window. You're not going to hurt anybody, which is a good thing. You know, yeah, I know uh, I had to replace a couple of windshields in my day from operators, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing the wrong thing. So you replace them yourself or? Well, I had to pay for it. It was my machine. Yeah, smart guy. <laughs> yeah, the used market. Um, yeah, you know what, Danny? That is a great topic of conversation because yeah. used equipment right now, good used equipment's at a premium. Uh, things are busy. People are looking for machines. But uh, a used small excavator can be a really good solution for a customer, especially if they're not going to have a, a huge amount of utilization. If they're not putting on a thousand yeah. or more hours, if they're just using it a little bit here and there, yeah. they need it for this job and that job. A used piece would be absolutely perfect. You can definitely yeah. look at some very good machines that are a few years old uh, that are going to do well for a contractor. We talked before uh, rent or buy, so it's a good option when you're in between the two. Like... Yeah, you're gonna you know, do more hour than just for renting it, but like not on a big production. Let's just say your business is starting to evolve, right? So yep. now you need a small excavator. You got a little job going. You rent one. That works pretty good. Then you start picking up a few more little jobs like that. But you're still, it's not your main line of work. Well, now renting may become a little bit too expensive. Yep. How about the used option? If I can get a good used machine at a good price, that's something that I can stick in my lineup. If it's not running every day, it's not killing me because I'm not paying rent on it every day. Yeah. And it's going to last a long time because I'm not putting a lot of hours on it. Yeah. And then as my business evolves more and more and more, now maybe I'm looking at a new piece. So yeah, the used piece absolutely fits in well for a lot of contractors. Like you might not use it every day, but when you need it, it's there. It's there. And, and you know, and the problem that you might have with rental is yeah. if it's in the heat of the season, guess what? They're all out. And then the other thing you can do too, Danny, with a, with a good used piece, and especially with an excavator, I mean, they're built to last a while. So, yep. you know, you could do a little bit of uh, maintenance on them, a little bit of refurb, you know, maybe the, do up the pumps, maybe, yeah. you know, depending on how old it is. Give her some love a bit. Give it, a, yeah, give it a little bit of love, a little TLC, exactly, you know, and... and <laughs> And the other thing is too, I know with our like our certified use pieces, uh, we we offer you know a warranty with them when yeah. to say, hey, I'm 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 buying this piece of equipment. It bring you uh, some uh, some peace of mind too. Some peace of mind, yeah, a little bit of confidence, exactly. Before I let you go, Brian, last one question I want to ask you: at this time, what what's the best advice you can give a, a contractor? You know what? My number one piece of advice to a contractor is don't underestimate where your business is going to go. You don't want to buy a piece of equipment that's only going to do what you want to do today. Look at where your business could be in two, three, four, you know, future-proof your purchase, if you will. You may not need all the features that are on that machine today, but two years from now, Who knows? Yeah. I rented a vehicle one time while I was traveling and it had adaptive cruise control on it. Okay. And the first thing that went into my mind was the next time I buy a new truck, I have to have adaptive cruise control. Because you tried it. Because I tried it and I loved it. So I, when I bought my new truck, I had to wait because I wanted adaptive cruise control and I've got it okay. and I love it. So my advice to a contractor is, Look down the road. If your competitors are using technology and you're not, you may want to really seriously think about that because yeah. technology is not going away. You know, margins are tighter, schedules are tighter. We don't have the ability to go back and do things twice yep. and you get paid once as a contractor. 
So yep. if you have the opportunity to buy a piece of equipment that's going to future-proof your business for the next few years, yep. well, I'm not going to run a hammer today. Okay, you're not running it today. But what if you pick up a job in a year's time and part of that job is breaking up a bridge deck or yeah. a structure you, and you need a hammer? Well, you have to pass on it. Yeah, you got the plumbing on your machine. Yeah, That's you, my advice is, is really look at what you're doing and set your machine up for, for your best future. All right, so hey, Brian, thanks uh, really much uh, for all the, the good insight you give us today. It's been a pleasure being with you, so have a good day. Thanks, Danny. Great being here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building Tomorrow podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe so that you can join us again. For more info and tips from our specialists, check out our website and the Building Tomorrow blog. See you next month.